reading from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. But an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. And he rose and went. And behold, an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a minister of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture which he was reading was this. As a sheep led to the slaughter or a lamb before its shearer is dumb, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken up from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, pray, does the prophet say this, about himself? or about someone else. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news of Jesus. And as they went along the road, they came to see water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What is to prevent my being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught up Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing on, he preached the gospel to all the towns till he came to Caesarea. I'll be reading 1 John chapter 4, 7 through 21. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, Since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. 
God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For here, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers or sisters, are liars. For those who do not love a brother or a sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this, those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. I'll be reading John 15, verses 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me, and I in them, bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. What a joy it is to be here with you this morning, especially after that incredible anthem. That was just so beautifully done. Uh, That moves me almost to tears. That was beautiful. Now, I don't know if Pastor Curtis picked me out of the bottom of a barrel somewhere because he needed someone to preach this Sunday, but I'm mighty happy to be here with you. After reading your website, no, yes, I did check the website as soon as uh, Curtis called, uh, emailed me. I can guarantee you that my image of the Baptist Church has greatly altered. Absolutely. <laughs> Hopefully I'll change some images here, too, of the Episcopal Church. Why, we could be first cousins. One might even say more correctly, sisters and brothers. Now, this is not the first time I have been in your church. My husband and I attended a Salt Lake Men's Choir Christmas concert a few years ago, so I'm not a stranger here. And I have enjoyed the great cooking provided by a few of the women here for an ecumenical luncheon meeting that Curtis had us come. So that food was great. The the place is beautiful as well. Now, Curtis and I walked together the Martin Luther King Jr. parade back in January, but I never dreamed I would be preaching here this morning. God does work in beautiful and mysterious ways. Now, I understand that you're used to long sermons. (laughs) I checked that out on the website, too. (laughs) I shall try my best to come close, but I don't guarantee it. We Episcopalians are not in the habit of sitting for long periods of time. We tend to do various ecclesiastical exercises, stand, kneel, sit, stand, kneel, sit, (laughs) etc. So we will see what happens this morning. You notice that you've had an increase in the number of lessons today. 
I infused a bit of our Episcopal tradition into your Sunday morning, and I hope that sits well with you. As you listen to these lessons, I hope you realize that I, a chocolate lover my entire life, feel as if I have stepped into a wonderfully rich truffle and bonbon extravaganza. The richness of this lectionary this morning is almost paralyzing for a preacher. So much to select from that the mind freezes with so many choices, but of course, a preacher can't help himself or herself. He or she will come up with something. So settle back in your pew and let's see what I've come up with. I love you. Let me say this again. I love each and every one of you. Now, before you think I've gone a bit too far or I've got stock in Hallmark sentimental cards, I mean, after all, I am now just meeting you this morning, or I have lost all sense of propriety. Let me proceed. There is a theme in today's lessons that I'm sure you spotted right away. The first letter from John is very obvious, right? I mean, come on. The word love is used 28 times in 14 verses. John certainly has a message for us this morning. But what kind of love is this? In the reading from Acts, there is certainly an act of love present with Philip and the eunuch. Philip, who has followed Jesus, lived with him, survived the crucifixion, and now living out the resurrection, certainly demonstrates a specific type of love. He is filled with the Holy Spirit, responds to the angel's charge, and does not question the command does not hesitate, does not meet in a committee meeting with his fellow apostles, but immediately runs up to the eunuch who is sitting in the chariot. Philip patiently teaches him the good news and answers his question specifically about Isaiah. Philip loves this man, one who had been completely separated and ostracized by his worship community, due to the cruel castration he received as a young boy. Yes, the eunuch seems wealthy by being a part of the queen's court, but as a Jew, remember he comes to Jerusalem to worship, he would not have been allowed to worship fully. Philip shows his love for this man by accepting him right away and by baptizing him. And this man continues on his way rejoicing. What kind of love is this. Let's move on to the gospel to explore further this kind of love. We have so many different types of love in our lives, but we only have one word for it. This is where our English language can be rather limited. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. And how many of us are doing yard work these last few beautiful sun-filled days? How many of us are kind of, oh, aching we're in spots we're not used to? Or we have beautiful black marks where the dirt got into our cracked fingers? Isn't this the time of year we prune and trim our yards, removing weeds and trimming the trees from winter damage? We know that we have to work on our lawns and plants, just as we surely must know we have to work on ourselves as well. To bear fruit is a metaphor used in scripture to describe a community's fruit faithfulness. 
From time to time, we have to prune our sense of faith, remove those odd growths of excessive pride, trim off the sluggishness that keeps us from being with God and our neighbor, pare down the sprouts of malcontent that can cause great harm to that special relationship with God and our neighbor. We, too, go through seasonal changes as our life journey unfolds. This imagery of Jesus as the vine is the same as the imagery of the body of Christ with us as the members of his body. We are as entwined with Christ as any branch of a vine entwined throughout a plant. Vines are sturdy and hold together, just as we are called to do in community. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Abide. What a wonderful word, and it has so many different nuances. Loyal, even unto death. Remain in a place even when the rest of the world has left us behind. Continue doing whatever is being done, even when it is hard and the urge to quit is almost too much. Cling to something and have faith in it, even when it seems to have failed. To lodge, cause to rest or lodge, or to dwell within. Jesus continued, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is the love from the first letter of John, the love that Philip showed the eunuch in the book of Acts and the love from the gospel of John. This love is everlasting. This love is unconditional. This love transcends and reaches far beyond what we even have with our spouses, our children, our relatives, and our friends. And it is this love we can experience with our community when we pray together, work together, share in the Lord's Supper together as we will today, and when we reach out to one another in this deeper sense of love. We are called in faith to abide in one another to have Christ dwell within us and we in him. Isn't that what we hunger for today? Families may break up, jobs may disappear, and friends may move away. We will experience loss in our lives. We will be lonely at times. We will face sorrow and suffering in one form or another. And some of us will face life-threatening illnesses. What keeps us going in light of all this. Is it a beautiful church building? And you certainly have one. Is it a sermon that tickles our fancy? Is it a liturgy that is crisp, traditional, simple, or exquisite? It has to go beyond all of these. It is more than a liberal or conservative approach. It is more than a conventional set of traditions that is repeated again and again. It is more than the ways we have experienced church and its institutional character of the last 600-plus years. It is about reaching for intentional ways to discern, 
to pray, to immerse ourselves in a faithful relationship with God and humankind that causes us to stretch until we feel the muscles of our very hearts expand with the joyfulness we experience. It is a sense of that ever-abiding, far-reaching, and inner closeness of our Christ dwelling within us. It is a walk with our faith community into these changing times, into this period of history that is laden with negativity so that we can explore deeper and more meaningful levels of love within our community. If we can reach this type of love here at First Baptist Church in All Saints, where each and every one of us is involved in a way that keeps this body of Christ vital and alive, then we will be able to grow spiritually and communally and breathe in that complete joy that we heard from John this morning. This is the love that I'm experiencing here with you now. We don't have to single out days like Mother's Day, which is next Sunday, or Father's Day, which is in June, because we will be celebrating the lives of all of us who nurture one another, who help us with the chores of maintaining a beautiful church as you have, who help us to reach out to those who need our help and to anyone who enters this sacred space. Each member of Christ's body has a gift to share. Pray and discover what your gift might be and offer it to this community of yours. As your website says, not what you expect, but maybe what you are looking for. And ours says, living intentionally to uphold and cultivate the dignity of all. We are closer than many would suppose. All Saints is the southeastern branch of First Baptist, and First Baptist is the northwestern branch of All Saints. Our Easter joy continues today throughout the rest of this season, but it also continues with us every single day of our lives. God's creation is all around us. We can see it in the faces of those we love. We can hear it in softly spoken voices and loud gales of laughter. We can witness it in tears of joy and sorrow, and we can feel it in our hearts. Christ is the true vine that supports us. Christ is also that good shepherd. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. It is up to each and every one of us to decide what to do with this. I leave you with this question that resides within us individually and in community. How may I and how may we abide in Christ this moment and this day?